Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. Uh, Chip's on vacation. I have John Moses with me today. Another very, Chip fill-in. The very funny John Moses. We're talking uh, Woodstock 99. Seems like a lot of people are talking about Woodstock 99 right now because uh, of the Netflix documentary. Our guest today is Rich Voss. Rich, uh, you were one of the MCs at Woodstock 99. Hold on. Light um, or no um, light? Hey. <laughs> oh, this, this isn't uh, video, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, yes, I was one of the hosts. Please close the door. Get out Don't try to get in on this. This is big. You know, it would be tough with the size of your head. It would have to be a two-camera shoot. But anyhow... Uh, Listen to me. I was one of the hosts. There was three of us that hosted, two on the East stage. I was on the West. Uh, the other two on the East were Brother Weiss, who's a radio DJ in Rochester for the last 30 years. Great guy. And Tom Papa, a new comic. <laughs> At the time. <laughs> was, they were on the now the East stage is where. Well, go ahead. What do you? What else do you need to know? Well, no, uh, tell us. So, uh, well, as a comic, how do you? How do you even get? How do you get asked to do that? By phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you when I was asked to do it. Uh, I got a couple stories. This just I just remember this. I was supposed to work, catch a rising star in Princeton, that weekend, right? Yeah. So that was that was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that club back then paid their comics. Yeah, and they were pretty they did pretty well back then. Uh. Right. I one of the waitresses I worked there once and I'm standing there, she walks in her back, goes, she fucking she goes, Oh, that table's full of Jews. And I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have her fired, but I should have. All right. <laughs> I'm so at, least, at least a good groping. Yeah. So I'm working, supposed to work catch Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Some real fucking big gangster type manager there. So I get a call Tuesday or Wednesday. Do you want to host Woodstock? And and Woodstock. And I think it paid twenty five hundred. I go twenty five hundred and hotel. Which back then, 20 years ago, 2500 was good money. Yeah. Decent. So I said, yeah, of course. So I called the guy at Catch. I called him and said, hey, look, I, I can't do Friday, Saturday. I can do Thursday. I'm hosting Woodstock 99. And they they were yelling at me. And I go, this is the biggest, going to be the biggest concert in history. Right? I'm sorry that I have to cancel your fucking room in Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> not even real Princeton on the other side of one and nine. Yeah. So I get there. I'll do the Thursday. So I get there on Thursday and I go to the manager or guy who runs from him. I go, I'd like to get paid for tonight in cash. Cause I don't trust you guys. <laughs> you know, since I canceled, I thought they were going to stick me for the month. Yeah. The guy's yelling and screaming at me. I go, all right, you can send me a check. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I this is before that. the show. Yeah, right before I said I like to get paid in cash. 
No, because I thought they were going to, you know, I fuck, I didn't, I mean, I guess I fucked them because I canceled the last minute like anybody would have. So I thought they were going to say, well, fuck you. We're not paying for the third. You know, I mean, because that's what I would have done myself. So uh, I drive Friday morning or yeah, because I did Thursday night in Princeton. I drive Friday morning and I guess I'm hosting Friday afternoon or Friday evening, afternoon, evening, Saturday and Sunday. Now, in the beginning, when I first got up there, uh, I don't know how many people were at my stage at that point, but it was crowded. And two girls were sitting on the shoulders of their boyfriends or two guys. They had no tops on, just their breasts. <laughs> and the crowd's going nuts. So I go to the girls. I go, come on, make out. And the crowd go, you know, just some male bullshit. Yeah. Hey, come on, please make out for the guy. Uh, so I bring on a band. I get back there. One of the promoters said, uh, can you tone it down a little? This is a family. A family. <laughs> <laughs> I go, who, the Mansons? Rolling in mud doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and the two chicks had their tits out. Then, yeah. yeah. But they were airing it on pay-per-view. So they thought maybe kids were going to watch it or families. Yeah, that's what they all, let's all sit around and, and watch this fucking debacle. Right, uh, right. So now in my, I, my dressing room, okay, there's a, a big trailer for the bands in, you know, behind the stage or to the left. I don't, you know, whatever, right back there. And there was one gigantic room, couches, a, you know, a fucking RV, whatever. They would have bathroom, refrigerator, everything. Then there's a little room with a recliner. That was my fucking room, right? <laughs> so if I wanted to chill out, I would just go sit in this little room in a recliner Maybe, I guess when there were no bands back there, I might have been able to go in that room. I don't know. I never tried. But I got back to my room one day. I was walking around the, uh, the event. And I get back to my room. Some guys in there, he's like going, uh, singing or practicing, getting his throat ready. And I walk in with a cigarette. So I smoke that. He goes, can you put that out? I go, you're in my fucking dressing room. Scramble. I go beat it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he huffs out the room, and it was the lead singer to Buck Cherry, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then I watched him on stage, and I went and bought their album. Their, so I guess he won in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> they come back and apologize to me, you know, and you know, I, I mean, I didn't know who he was. There was, I was, you know. These people are sleeping in whatever, the mud, tents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no mud. It wasn't mud. Was it was all blacktop the whole thing? It was uh so so John and I were both there as uh attendants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we met there. We, we we didn't go as a couple, but we left as friends. And uh, yeah, it was so it was on an air force. It was on a decommissioned air force base yeah. and it was all concrete and blacktop. And it was also, I want to say, the three hottest days of the year. 
But there had to be some grass because people set up tents. Right. There was. There was. But it was such it was such limited real estate that like literally people were pegging their tent like over your tent. So they were crossing and they, everybody was just rammed on top of each other. Like I would walk out. And I don't remember if I was walking on blacktop, but I didn't go out into the crowd that much. You know, once in a while, I'd take a walk or whatever. Uh, one day, I think I bought, handed out some waters, not maybe, probably like four or five, just walking around, maybe, you know. Uh, and uh, Wait, were, they, should, were they free to you backstage? Are you kidding me? It was unlimited. They made you take them. <laughs> you know what they probably gave you? They took our waters. Like what they they when when you checked in through security, they'd go through your bags. They let us keep our drugs. They took our waters and our food, forcing you to go to them for it. To spend the ten bucks and all that shit. Yeah, when we ran out of water, we drank the water that people brought in. Yeah. At that time. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, there was. I mean, it's backstage. These are the bands. There's everything you need, you know, or I would go over to the tent where they had a fucking mile long buffet and every, you know, for the bands and the workers. I'm standing online getting food, you know. uh, uh, I remember standing behind Kid Rock and and Rosie Perez is behind me. I don't know why she was there. I guess she was doing whatever. She introduced, I remember Rosie Perez introduced some, uh, I want to say she introduced like DMX. Rosie Perez was there as a MC. She introduced a couple bands. She probably nailed somebody. I I remember sitting down eating and Mini-Me was standing on a table. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah, Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer introduced Kid Rock. Yeah. So what? Yeah, that's when I saw Kid Rock at the in the tent. You know, I'm, I'm taking. You know, so we would we would stay at Turning Stone Casino. Right, right. That's where we stayed. You know, so I would be at the event. The event, their van would take me over. I would lose who knows how much money. I probably ended up losing everything I made plus more. Uh, you know, we were then I would take the van back the next day. I, I, you know, standing outside the hotel to get on the van. Yeah, one of the Baldwin's was there. I remember. Uh, and these guys were all just, you know, backstage VIPing it up. I don't know what. So I know what's his name had such a debacle on stage. Andy, Andy Dick. Right, right, right. Well, I don't remember Andy Dick being there. Well, I do remember West hearing about it. He was at the West stage. I don't know what he was doing. I I don't know if it was comedy, poetry, who the fuck knows. But it was in the morning when nobody was, you know, watch, you know, uh, you know, I was on the bus. Uh, some guy go, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm in a band. And I think it was the band from uh, Can- uh, Can- Our Lady. Our Peace. Lady Peace. Yeah. Yeah. They're from Canada, right? I, they were I pretty, think so. They're pretty famous. Back in Canada, he goes, "Yeah, I'm the lead singer, guitarist." I go, "Cool." Like, so I didn't know a lot of these bands. <laughs> That's such a comic move to go in and not be impressed by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one dude, Bernie Warwell, or yes. Warrell, he's from my hometown, Plainfield. He used to play with a Parliament. Yes, no, he's he's one of the most amazing uh, organ players of all time. Oh yeah. 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 He, he passed away recently, yes. maybe a year ago. 
I talked to him because I'm from the same town and I knew people he knew that he jammed with and stuff back mm. in the day. You know, George Clinton is also from uh, Plainfield or they had a barber shop in Plainfield yeah. where, where Parliament Funkadelic started. Wow. Uh, that's that's what the album P-Funk is, uh, is I'm pretty sure named after Plainfield uh, P-Funk. Uh, anyhow, so... Uh, you know, so some of the bands, you know, I kind of liked, I'll tell you who killed was uh, Mickey Hart and playing the drum. Uh, I mean, he, he's the, he was a drummer the, for the Grateful Dead. For the Dead. Grateful Dead, yeah, it was like a big drum circle. Yeah, and it was, and I mean, they fucking killed. Uh, Insane Clown Posse fucking, I mean, I've, I've I've never, <laughs> I didn't even know who they were. Right. I didn't know, I knew Insane I don't even remember they were there. I vaguely remember. So they're, it's, you know, a thousand degrees. You know, these people are fucking, and they're shaking and shooting RC Cola on the audience. You know, they, <laughs> and they're shooting it on it. So now these people are fucking, now they're not only sweating, they're drawing bugs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> fucking Thank, you fans. Thank you, fans. Thank you, fans. Uh, you know, it's weird because I didn't even try, you know, I was single. Right. I didn't even try to pick up any girls. You know, it's weird. You know what I mean? I, I'm walking around with water going, hey, I got a hotel. And I didn't even, didn't even, I don't know why it didn't hit me to try, uh, you know, any guy who's single at a concert, whatever. Maybe I just wasn't as creepy as I, you know, I could have been. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a good person. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, Woodstock 94, about 40 of us. I'll tell you some funny stories at 94 real quick. And now I'll get back to 99. Woodstock 94, there was two or three busloads of comics. Lucian from the comics group hired all these. We never got paid, but we went up. Uh, I mean, this was fun because it was like, 30, 40 comics, like me, Florentine, Norton, Levy, all these guys. And we were doing the small stages. Don, Don Jameson was on one time on the small stage. And Melissa Etheridge is on the big stage. And all of a sudden you see a bottle of fucking piss come flying past Jameson's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was probably you know, Levy's. <laughs> so, and... So one day, North. Okay, we're eating. We're eating, you know, in the in the tent, whatever. And they they had beef stew. So when people came into '94, buses would drop them off, and fifty, a hundred people come walking down this dirt road. Employees, whatever, down this dirt road, past like twenty outhouses into the festival. So Norton took beef stew. He opened the outhouse door, had one foot in and one out. And he was eating the beef stew going, the stuff isn't that bad. People <laughs> <laughs> walking by going, oh, like, you know. <laughs> I slept in these, these gigantic circus tents. They had to be a fucking mile long, right? And there was these, uh, uh, these African dancers. And every morning you wake up, there's one dancer had a rod about this big 
and we would all wake up just staring at his fucking rod in the morning. Amazing how big it was. <laughs> it had co-ed showers. And there was one comic, Brick something, I think it was Brick Mason, whatever. He would throw dirt on himself and then run into the co-ed showers. Right? He wasn't even dirty. He just wanted to take showers with these girls. Uh, and we had so much fun at Woodstock 94. Woodstock uh, 94 had a really good lineup, too. I think I, I was looking back at the Woodstock 99 lineup, and I was like, I don't even know why I wanted to go. There weren't even bands that I was into at the time. I was never like, even into bands. I just like drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good time. Well, 94, there was also uh, a 24-hour, 12-step program uh, area where people could go to meetings all, all day. I didn't find it till like the next day or whatever. And, you know, they would have meetings there. And I remember being at a fucking meeting and Crosby Stills Nash. It was just Crosby Stills and Nash. And yeah. kind of I mean, it was said, that's why 94, like 99, wow. 99, I didn't know those fucking, if 99 had like the Allman Brothers, Cretans, you yeah. know, I went, I saw, I saw fucking the Allman Brothers and the Grateful Dead at RFK Stadium. It was a fucking amazing concert, you know, uh, Bob Dylan and the band at the Garden. So if they had like Creedence or the Allman Brothers, Bowie, Elton John, whatever, I would have fucking really loved it. Yeah. Know? Well, you know? 94 did that. 94 had ties to the original Woodstock. Yeah. They brought in like Joe Cocker and Bob Dylan. Yeah. And it was, uh, and then new bands was like Porn Over Pyros and, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like that was the one. I, I, this is how, uh, <laughs> this is how a uh, suburban, a white kid I was. My dad that summer for 94 took us on a trip to Hawaii. And I remember being pissed that I had to go to Hawaii because I was missing. I was like, oh, Hawaii, but I'm missing Woodstock. I think that I think it was just that. And then you saw it on MTV with Nine Inch Nails with everybody in the mud. And it was like this big cultural moment. And you were like, oh, that looks like a lot of fun. So when they announced Woodstock 99, I don't even think I cared about the lineup. I think that's what it was, too. I think like a lot of people who got FOMO from 94 was yeah. like, 99, I got to go because 94 looks so awesome. You know? Well, they they asked me one day, they came and said, do you want to host the East stage? That was the main one. And my stage at some points probably had 70, 80,000 people, way more numbers than Billy Birds just did at Fenway Park. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And, you know, I hit bonus. Uh, so I remember at one point, I got the audio somewhere. I don't know, 50, 60, 70,000 people. I go at the count of three. I want everybody to yell, to yell, hi, Jessica, hi, Ellen, to my daughters. So I had the whole crowd go, hi, Jessica, hi, Ellen. And I had that audio recording uh, from when they did it. So they asked, and my stage Nothing was ever thrown at the stage. Nothing. And there was a lot of people, you know. Uh, and they said, you want to host the East stage? I go, fuck no. Are you crazy? Because I talked to Tom or I talked to Weiss and they go, they're animals. They couldn't do any material or anything. Right. I would go up sometimes for five minutes and fuck around, make announcements, talk to people in the crowd. You know what I mean? Fuck with the security out front. You know, I would go up and do something. They couldn't do that there. So were you, how how long were you up? Like intermittently for four hours or? 
No, what do you mean? Like, it depends. I was there, I guess, from when it started in the morning to so, when it was over. So right? you were emceeing all day. Yeah, but there was a lot of bands I didn't bring up. Right. They were just like either the road manager or the voice of God, you know. Right. And they would, and they had also rotating stage. When one band was done, the uh, equipment would come back, you know, rotate around. They didn't, they were setting up, they were all ready to bring Right. Yeah. They, they were backstage getting ready while the band was uh, on, was in front. Do you, do you remember the bands you did bring up? I, I, no, it was 20 years ago. I, I, no, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you who I brought up. I really couldn't tell you. I know I didn't bring up. I know I didn't bring up Megadeth. I'm pretty sure at the end they were the last band. Meta Metallica. No, Metallica was on the other stage. Oh right. Oh okay. Right. 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 It was Megadeth. Uh, I looked today online at some of the bands that were on the West Stage. I remember Ice Ice Cube was pissed because it was going on in the morning. Yes. You know, the afternoon. It was like. 200 people there you know i was i was the ice cube ironically was uh from my memory was the best act i saw that entire but he was Funny, pissed he I, was angry through the whole thing i'm sure i wanted to see ice cube because uh you know i was a 19 year old kid that listened to hip-hop at yeah. the time and but it was like in the morning time and there was no way i was getting there yeah you know to see that happen no, yeah, I, I was. That was out of everybody there. I remember uh, I, Ice Cube was probably right at the top of my list of who I had to make sure to see. I remember, I could see him clearly in my head sitting backstage on something. I'm not doing this. It took him 45 minutes to an hour to convince him to go out. Wow! And, and you know, whoever was talking to him, his manager, his people. I don't fucking know. Right, right, right. Promoters, but. It was fucking empty. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's, I can't believe they put him on that early. But you know, who knows? Uh, you know. But uh, he, uh, I, the it was a so, small. So many crowd. times in comedy, I should have said, "I'm not doing this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I bet. I bet Rich was saying that right before he came on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bonnie was talking to him. No, it's okay. Uh, They're your friends. Just, uh, you know it. So I went over to the East stage I walked over, went backstage. It's so cool when you have a pass, all access. Right. Yeah. Clean bathrooms, I'm assuming. Ish. I, I, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had clean bathrooms. And yeah. I didn't have, it's like I'm not common folk. Uh, <laughs> like us. Yeah. <laughs> when when Alana, Alanis Morissette went on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alanis Morissette, and I stayed there for a few, and there were animals, the audience, yeah, you know, and I fucking I just walked back to my stage, and I never went back to the East stage, and I can remember. In retrospect, went, there were so many acts that I would have liked to have seen if I just wasn't so drunk and high, and yeah. all I saw was George Clinton and Limp Bizkit and Corn, because my buddy was big into Corn, yeah, you know. Yeah, so you, you weren't there for any of that, like, destruction and... Well, we saw, as we were leaving, we could see flames. <laughs> that, so was, that was hilarious. Taking you out the back, you know, we're not driving through the crowd. There's roots that take you out of there behind the scenes. 
So we're in the van. Everybody's going, let's get the fuck out of here, whatever. And we saw, I could see some flames in the distance, you know, but I guess we're getting out of there. I think I got out of there as Megadeth went on. Yeah. And then probably when they were on and at the other stage was who Metallica. You said who who was closing I, it? The, no, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers closed it. They closed they closed the East stage, and that's here. Here's what they did. It was um, it was just a couple months after the Columbine shootings. Yeah, I remember seeing that on the dock. Right. Oh, right. So there was so there was people there to spread awareness for gun control. And they thought it would be nice to hand out candles. I don't know what the plan was, like just to get an aerial shot of everybody to light up the sky. But what they didn't count on was that they had been absolutely bending the attendees over the coals for right. three straight days. The The food and water got more expensive with each day. And this was 1999 prices. Right. It was like $6 for a bottle of water. Yeah, I, I remember, I remember when, it was 10. Yeah. I remember when it was 10. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, I remember them like you'd come back the next day and be like fucking $10 now. Right. I remember ordering a, a, I ordered a grilled cheese and it was like $9 and they gave me a hot dog bun with a semi melted one slice of cheese on it. And that was their grilled cheese. It was so they could afford to pay rich. <laughs> They're begging us out for these awful, awful things. 2,500. Uh, you know, uh, wait, what was I going to say about yeah, the fires? We, 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 we could see, but I don't know how, like, first of all, I don't know how they didn't interview me for this documentary or right. any of the hosts. I don't know why I wasn't interviewed. I, maybe I got a call one day from someone and turned it. I, I, I wouldn't have turned that down. You know what I mean? So I I don't know if the host, if we fit into the agenda of that documentary. Imagine if you would have had to cancel catch again so that you could go and film <laughs> the Woodstock. <laughs> uh, because they did show me on the dock going, uh, hey, everybody, let's get crazy. Let's go wild. Yeah. You know, and I'm in front of thousands of people. What am I going to go out like Woody Allen? Hey, welcome. You know, <laughs> hey, be what's the this. deal? Right. Let's get, let's have, you know, I, I might have said, hey, let's have a great time. Let's party. Let's go wild. Well, I guess maybe in their agenda, me saying let's go wild filled into that dot. <laughs> that's, that's where it got uh, the snowball rolling. Right. It's burning down. I mean, as a Jew, I do take blame for the weather. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was I the fact that you I mean you could sense something. Like you could feel like it was you could feel bad shit was going to happen like over those couple days. Cause I remember being at Limp Biscuit and watching everything get destroyed and being like, I, at some point I was like, I don't know if I feel safe. And the fact that they watched this uh, go down for <laughs> three straight days. And then we're like, well, it's still probably a good idea to hand out these candles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let me show you this. Hold on. This is hanging in my, hold on. I don't, I don't know if you can see this. 
if you look at some of these pictures. Oh, like wow. Yeah. You see me on the big screen there, right? I was on each side of the stage. Uh, you see that? Look yes. at the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the crowd. Look how many people that is. Oh, that's amazing. Rich has, uh, a, he has a bunch of famed, uh, framed photos from Woodstock 99. He's got a picture of himself on the Jumbotron in front of tens and tens of thousands of people. I keep, again, this is audio. That's uh, probably, that's probably all the people that I performed for <laughs> in my career. <laughs> they, um, I, and it was, uh, like what they what they don't like you hear like six dollars for a bottle of water you're like ah eh, that's like but this was thirty years ago or but what? not only that it's six dollars for it's not six dollars for a bottle of water at seven o'clock at night yeah you know when you've had a good day's rest it's six dollars for a bottle of water for people who have paid everything they've got to get yeah. there and for the tickets and then to be like to wake up and you're like how the fuck. How am I spending thirty dollars on breakfast? Yeah, you know, how am I going to get to the rest of the day? You know? Yes, I, I remember in the in the dock when they show Cheryl Crow and somebody screaming, "Show us your tits!" And she's like, "You didn't pay enough to see my tits." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, actually, we did." <laughs> <laughs> That's when the water bottle should have started flying. Ten dollars to the East Stage when she was on Cheryl Crow. Mm -hmm. That was, it wasn't. Uh, it was Alanis. Uh, no, it was Cheryl Crow when I walked over to see, you know, and she was on in the day, right? Cheryl yeah. Was, yeah. She was too tittied back then also. Uh, she was also, she had two titties back then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, you're, 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 you're cutting out. Oh, she had breast cancer? I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't she lose it? I don't know. I thought I, she lost a tit and, and uh, Lance Armstrong lost a nut. Well, we know. Oh, they were a couple. Yes. Yeah, a cancer couple, weren't they? Oh, I didn't know about that's <laughs> one of the one of the funniest tweets I ever. I don't know whose joke it was, but there's a tweet that I think about all the time. That was uh, maybe Lance Armstrong took steroids so he could be strong enough to be Cheryl Crow's. <laughs> <laughs> That is a good tweet. It was uh, it was maybe Lance Armstrong took steroids to be strong enough to be Cheryl Crow's man. I don't get it. Because the song, are you strong enough to be my that man? That was one of Cheryl Crow's <laughs> big hits. Um, uh, well, actually, I hosted a concert, another outdoor event at the Washington Monument. It was a drug awareness thing. That place had to do time. I did like... 10 minutes yeah to, and that was steven tyler cheryl crow uh the fray uh a bunch of dc bands and uh it was next to the monument there was probably fifteen thousand people there and at the end it was so, like steven tyler didn't play aerosmith he played some other stuff but all the band all the bands came out at the end cheryl crow steven tyler I think the drummer from the Eagles or whatever, uh, and they all played "Come Together" by fucking by the yeah. Beatles. Fucking killed, and that place I got to do material uh, because there was a lot of people in recovery there, mm. you know, a recovery awareness thing. But Woodstock was, for what it was, you know, for a guy who doesn't keep sober, going okay. So it was what twenty years ago, ninety nine. 
No, it was 23. Yeah. Well, I had 13 years sober at the time. So I'm in sobriety 13 years. So for a guy that doesn't get high, doesn't give a fuck about those bands, you know what I mean? Right. It was one of the coolest things I ever did, you know, to get up in front of that many fucking people, you know, I wish I had, I didn't have this many tats. I wish I had this many tats back then because I would, I would have been a lot cooler. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you would have got some, some pussy. Um, Sherry has the best fucking tattoos. You know, when these guys come out fucking without a shirt on their rip, that's all I want to do in comedy. Yeah. Is get one more time and just come out, no shirt on, yeah. like a fucking, you know what I mean? How fucking cool would that be? Yeah, but Chrysler killed it for everybody who wants to rip their shirt off during any time. Yeah. I know. Um, So what is that like, though? Like, so you're going out in front of 30, 40, 50 people, 50,000 people, and you just got to, you're like, shit, I got to do 10. Like, how am I going to do 10 minutes? Well, I didn't have to do that much time, but I did. There was time in front of those people. I had to go out and make announcements. They would go out and kill time, you know, while they're whatever technical difficulties are setting something up. Right. And, you know, never, t- I don't think it was ever 10 minutes, maybe, but I would just fuck around with the crowd. I go, Hey, you over there, you know, in the t-shirt, uh, whatever. <laughs> right. you know, uh, just like, were bullshit. there, were there moments where you got a couple of good pops or were you just like, I'm not even trying to, to like win you over. I'm just trying to survive. This is the job, you know? Oh no, no, it was fun. There was times okay. I'd go, and you can hear tons of people laughing. Right, you know, right, right. You know, whatever I said, you know, I I mean, I was, I lost my voice towards the end of the weekend almost. It was just scratchy and, uh, you know, I could barely talk. Uh, no, there was times I'd walk and it was fucking cool. You know, when you're, you're on that stage and you're oh, fucking, and your picture is on, you know, four, three stories of fucking screen on each yeah. side. Yeah. I mean, we, every comic wants to be a rock star, and that's about as close as it ever gets, yeah, right? I got him. Well, did you see fucking Billy's crowd the other night at uh, uh, Fenway? Yeah. Did you see the size of that audience? Yeah. Huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. It's fucking insane, you know. Uh, and, you know, he's overrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, angry. Uh, we're going to call this Bill Burr's overrated. <laughs> also talking about Woodstock. You know what I think is really funny? I was just It just occurred to me that um, they show in the documentary, James Brown won't go out until he's given like a briefcase full of cash. James Brown was at Woodstock? James night? Brown was at Woodstock. I have oh, no recollection. God. I would have watched him. Attention, man. Yeah, I would have seen him for sure, but I don't even remember him being there. It's- this is like when I when I went to go see Carlin and I got so fucking drunk I didn't make it past his opener. I'm like what the fuck, man! I could have le- really enjoyed myself that weekend if I just yeah. wasn't so bent on getting smashed, you know. But uh, probably Dennis Blair back then. Uh, James she- Brown wouldn't come out without the cash, and then I'm thinking it's it's funny. Like Voss did the same thing at Catch a Rising <laughs> for 155. <laughs> James Brown opened the festival, didn't he? Wasn't he yeah. the first? Act? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Can you imagine being like the production assistant? It'd be like, James Brown needs cash. James Brown needs cash. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> running around trying to withdraw 50 grand, you know. Water people, get to cash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Get to the water, people. <laughs> That's what the they were. Oh, up. looks looks like hot dogs are thirteen dollars now. <laughs> yeah. That fucking documentary was so. I mean, they took no blame. No. No blame whatsoever. The promoters, and, people, none. Like you know, there was a girl they said got raped, and I think in the, the the guy said, "Well, you know, with this many people in a city." This, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he was like, listen, it was there was 250,000 kids there. It's the size of a city. You know, I don't want to see anybody get raped, but in a city that size, there's going to be some rapes. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, this is the fucking, this is the promoter, this is the guy. <laughs> she's, cry, she's crying in the back of the ambulance. He comes over, listen, half off water. Yeah. <laughs> here's, a four, bottle. here's a $4 bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They signed your ticket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They they try blaming Fred Durst. For, like you're gonna blame Limp Biscuit for putting on a Limp Biscuit show. Right. And it's like, first off, uh all those bands that you hired you, Could at that, any given moment, with the exception yeah. of Cheryl Crow, yeah. could at any given moment yeah, start a rage riot. against the machine. Right, you know, right. Uh, the, these those those you're gonna attract their fans. So if Fred Durst hadn't come out and put on that kind of show the riot would have been even bigger. Like, what's he going to do? Come out and be like, oh, you know, do some Beatles songs and try right. and calm them down. Right. He had three songs. Break Stuff was the third. <laughs> right. He had nothing else in the chamber, man. Is that what they, he only played three songs? No, but he only had like the George Michael cover. Yeah. Um, one other song and then like Break Stuff. Maybe he didn't even have one other song. Nookie. Uh, Nookie. There we go. There's really not a lot. I don't know if I gave you any insight that wasn't shown on this documentary. The only thing that this documentary didn't show was uh, them taking blame for what happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, I watched the doc all three uh, episodes. Did they say during the doc? Because I don't remember. How much the food cost? Were they saying? Did they say that at all? How much water prices? Yeah, they were. They were. They talked about the escalating prices. I don't. I don't know if they gave you like a breakdown, but I, I remember. And tickets were like a hundred fifty or a hundred seventy five bucks back yeah. then. I mean, it's a lot really, of money for kids. Really, that should have been like a thing that happened every five years, like the Olympics. But they yeah. just fucked it so hard. Yeah, you well, know. Well, here's like who's. Uh, like who the people that made this doc? All right, what was your ulterior ulterior motive? Because they didn't show or give you know let the uh, producers take any blame throughout it. You know, it looked like the producers made the promo the the doc. You know what I mean? It almost looked like the people that put this. You know this fucking debacle together yeah. and make to make them look good. Right. Yeah. I was, I was surprised that cause they interviewed Michael Long, uh, who also passed away recently, but he, he was the promoter behind the original Woodstock and 94. And I would think that he would have steered the fuck clear of any documentary about. This. Right. But they, they show all that footage of him giving those daily press conferences 
being arrogant and smug. And they were talking about like the kids uh, tearing the wall down. And he was like, oh, well, what's a better souvenir than a piece of – it was like, no, they were rioting. Right, right. So he, I, I don't – they didn't make them look very good, but they they did give them a chance to kind of deflect. They're trying to blame Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. For In retrospect, I probably should have watched the documentary. We <laughs> 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 did this podcast. A release until they saw the finished product. Yeah. Too. Who knows? Who knows? Because well, they probably owned the producers. Probably owned all the intellectual property, right? Yeah, I would think. I would imagine. Uh, you know, and there wasn't a there wasn't a ton of grainy cell phone footage back in the day. No. That you could you know piece shit together through. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, there was another doc about it. I never watched that one. Oh yeah, that one was good too. That one was a little more like they they went into a little more of like uh, there was a couple deaths. That, that weren't reported. In I do stuff. remember, you know, what's funny, because I do remember like people getting hauled away from, you know, in the ambulance, yeah. you know, was it heat yeah. stroke? Was it mosh pit shit? Who knows? You know, in a city of 250,000, like two or three people. <laughs> <laughs> people die. People die every day. Yeah. The guy was like, there's going to be people doing rapes. There's, uh, there's you know what you paid. Kids. You know the risk you took when you bought this ticket. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, have you ever raped on blacktop? It's hard. <laughs> Finish. Oh, John, John, were, were you there? Were you there by the time it burned down? I think we left Sunday morning. Yeah. We were like, I, we, we had had enough. I was, with, yeah. I was ridiculously hungover. And, um, and I, you know, I think split with my girlfriend because I was telling Ken this story. Uh, I have like few memories of Woodstock. One of them was right before we left Toronto and made like the six hour drive. Me and my brother were scrapping and he threw a stink bomb in my buddy's van, <laughs> which is hilarious in retrospect. Uh, but then the other one was, we, you know, we were in this little tight tent community and I'm literally, there's six tents around, like just a barely enough room for a fire. And I don't even know if we got a fire going because yeah. it's literally like four feet in between these six tents. And you don't know these people. And, um, and there was a guy there and he had a big bottle of booze and I was just looking at him drinking his booze. Like I'm going to drink all this guy's liquor. And then I remember passing out. And the next morning he was talking to my girl outside of the tent. <laughs> and Ken was saying, he was like, yeah, go ahead drink my booze. You idiot. I'm going to bang your girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moses was like, I'm going to drink this idiot's entire $8, $8 bottle, bottle of vodka. Yeah. And this dude's like, I'm going to let this idiot drink my vodka. I'm going to fuck his girl. <laughs> <laughs> when, I went to, when I was at, getting high, I went to a concert at the Pocono Raceway, and it was Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Badfinger, I mean, all these fucking bands, and I was doing Quaaludes, and I remember started <laughs> and these, and either they were Hell's Angels or Payday, but they let me hang under their fucking bike with tarps over it and stuff, and I'm partying. <laughs> I, I, I was so high on Quaaludes. You know, people were pass at those classes. They would pass you free drugs back then. Right. You know, uh, and I remember we were driving out, getting out, and we hitchhiked there. And these people let us get on the back of their car to leave, and we're holding on as the car is flying out. We thought we were going to die, but we were so high, cracking <laughs> <laughs> the lip of the, you know, the roof. Yeah. And. In the face of death, 
because you're so high and you don't care. You're young. Yeah. You're in- invincible. Yeah. But that's also how good quaaludes are. Yeah. Listen, in, in a village of 800 people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you go to all those fucking concerts, those outdoor concerts. But the Pocono Speedway, I mean, these, that was a major, yeah. like a Woodstock type concert. God, you know what? I feel like I'm finally mature enough to go to a concert and enjoy myself. <laughs> it's only taken me to be 42 I, and sober the, a while. The uh, Woodstock was so hard. We did the same thing. We we woke up Sunday morning and we're like, let's just get the fuck out. We, I think we were broke. We were yeah. broke. We, you know, they had ran our pockets. Yeah. Every time we went back to get concessions, to get more, <laughs> yes. we were more and more furious. You know, I remember going to order a drink and they just shook me by my ankles and we're like we'll just take every last <laughs> fucking thing you have too but- bad my money's taped to my leg <laughs> <laughs> i'm a jew this isn't my first shit, <laughs> but we uh we we left sunday morning and i was home on the couch watching it burn down on pay-per-view wow and we were like yeah it was a, it's a good thing we got the fuck out of there yeah, 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 and we felt the same way. You know, we I, I I remember leaving there and just feeling like we were totally taken advantage of. Yeah, like like pissed off. Yes. You know, like fucking food getting chucked and on all that shit. Furious, and my chick was probably banging some other dude. That didn't help. Bonnie uh, is. I have to wrap this up. I'm taking her out for dinner. She just sold a TV show today, and. I'm doing Ashbury Park tomorrow night. So big things are happening. Whoa. <laughs> so so uh, so your wife, Bonnie McFarland, sold a show to Netflix and you're you're doing a bar show in Asbury? Rooftop bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, an, it's underground. Oh. I just taped my seventh album, so uh, I sent it to the today to to edit it, cut it down into tracks. I will have my seventh album. She'll have a TV show in the air, and I'm trying to get back into the funny bones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take me with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you ever need features, <laughs> you're like, you're right Ken, and, Ken and I will break a pool cue and stab each other to death with it, like the, <laughs> like the good Batman movie. <laughs> the good Batman movie. Whatever, how my manager calls him. Ken looks at people's calendars and goes, who can I fucking bug today? Who can I? <laughs> no, I, I just do it with yours, really. <laughs> no, one, no one else will use me. <laughs> I sent you a text when you were on stage with Connecticut. Oh, Didn't I send you a text? Yes, this is my favorite. Uh, I, was, I was opening for Rich in uh, – in uh, Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, yeah. and I was just I was bombing as hard as I've ever bombed in my life. <laughs> I'm throwing everything at these people. <laughs> Nothing's working. And, you know, I'm recording my I'm recording my set on my cell phone and I got my phone on the stool and I get off stage and I go to like immediately delete the set. And I see there's a text from Voss, and I'm like, "Why the fuck is he texting me when he he clearly knows I'm insane? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're I'm suicidal right now." Phone, and I open up the text, and it just says Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, good talking to you, buddy. Take Bonnie to dinner. Thank you for coming on. I hope uh, I gave you a little insight. I don't know. I, I you know, whatever. Well, if there was a reason why they didn't call you for the production. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, everybody. All right. The great Rich Voss. Continue. And And, uh, listen, it's always a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Uh, I I guess that's it. John, you got anything to you got anything to promote? Uh, Uh, When's this coming out? Yeah. Download Super Spreader tonight. And uh, I'm at uh, Foxwoods again for, uh, in perpetuity, Saturday night. <laughs> uh, residency. Yes. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>